and welcome to Azure for the Win, the mostly Azure-focused cloud podcast brought to you by Blue Silver Ship. Where we like to sit back on a Friday, relax, grab a drink, and talk some cloud. Hello and welcome. It's another Friday afternoon here at Blue Silver Shift. Uh, we're going to be talking about some Azure-related topics as per usual. Uh, so we're here with the Azure for the Win podcast. Uh, you have your moderator, Mark Wilson, and we also have uh, the uh, partners. We have Craig Slack. Hello. And John Dobson. Hello. How's it going, guys? You having a good Friday? Yes. Getting better now. Getting better now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, all right, so uh, the topic for today, we're gonna, we're gonna, we think this one's gonna be a little bit short and sweet. We're not, we're not sure. We've said that. Who knows? An hour from now, we could be still talking, uh, or it could be, could be short and sweet. We'll see. Uh, but the topic for today is what happens if you don't move to the cloud. So it's a few different companies that this might fit with. Uh, you know, if you're on the fence about moving to the cloud and you're not, you're not quite sure, and you decide to delay that, and you know you you know, two years, five years pass and you don't make the decision, or if it's something that's not even on your radar at all, uh, business or industry that, that isn't even thinking about it, um, what are, what's going to happen to those businesses if they, if they don't make that move? Before we jump into the first question, uh, as per usual, we're going to um, tell you what we're going to be drinking today. So let's start with, let's start with John first, because we always do John last. John, what do you got? I have a rind ginger. Oh, you put ginger in it. Okay, I thought you just had a straight glass no, of wine. No, of course not. That thick. <laughs> uh, you got a little three, like three four, fingers, four fingers, four fingers of rye there. Not bad. Um, all right, Craig. I know that you uh, you're the Scotch man. You usually bring something big. So what do we what do we got this week? I'm going to challenge you. Can you pronounce that name? Glenn Carrock. Carrock. Close. Gary, I used is that to, a G? I, Gary Oak. I used to pronounce it that way, Glenn Gary Oak, but it's actually apparently Glenn Gary. Oh, <laughs> like Glengarry Glen Ross? Yes, that's what I was. I was so I mispronounced it many years. So it's G A R I O C H, but I guess Glengarry like, Glen Ross A D S always drink scotch. There we go. All right. So okay, so it's a Glengarry uh, from Highland. Uh, of course, it says it's got uh, bourbon and sherry casks, so it should be very smooth. Smooth. But we'll good. Uh, open it up and give it a try. All right, while, um, while Craig is pouring those uh, delicious-sounding scotch, um, let's jump into the first question. So we're talking about what happens to an organization. What would they face? What would be the results, the impact of not moving to the cloud? So really oh. just kind of, um, you know, maybe they're on the fence. Oh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Delicious. As, as I suspected. Um, okay, so yeah, so what you know, what what's the impact, of course, if if they don't move to the cloud? So uh, we're going to start just general big picture here. Um, what are the main impacts that a company would face? So what are those big, in your face? Uh, you know, <coughs> maybe they're obvious to us, maybe not to everybody else. But what are the big impacts? The, the, the you know the the biggest. Um, things a company's going to face if they decide not to make this move. The biggest impact would be that the company would dissolve. Okay. I, suppo- you clear, I suppose you could say that's a I, big I'll give you a clear-cut <laughs> example. much bigger than that. I'll give you a clear-cut example. <laughs> are you going to back up that statement? Yes. <laughs> I'm backing it up. Blockbuster. With facts. That's what I was thinking before we started this, Blockbuster. Actually. So yeah. Blockbuster, uh, someone had told mm. me previously that Netflix did go to Blockbuster and said, hey, let's do a deal. And they Never wanted, like, happened. They, like they didn't see bucks. the value of the technology being yeah. disruptive, 
And because of that, way of the dodo. Whereas they could have evolved their business into being as big as what Netflix is today. Another classic example of that is um, Yahoo with their string of uh, failed acquisitions. So they could have bought Google for, I think, a, a million dollars. Something like that. It was extremely yeah. low. And now Yahoo uses Bing as their search engine behind the scenes. Yes. And the point, that? yeah. So the point is, is that these are companies that just made colossal mistakes around technology. And um, you got to avoid them wherever you can. So before we go to I Craig, I want to, I want to, um, I want to just kind of ask you one other question that relates to this. Let's say that they don't dissolve. Let's say that the company's around in five years, and you know maybe maybe for whatever reason they're going to continue to be around for another fifteen, half twenty after that. What would be an impact for an ex a company that doesn't dissolve, doesn't go under because of this lack of decision um, that is still around? So their competitors are going to take advantage of that technology to be disruptive. So if if I'm a we live in Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, one of only two cities that don't have Uber. And because um, if Uber came in here, it would actually probably put the taxi drivers, um, it would significantly restrict their business the same way in New York City. It's down, it was a, it's down to 25% of what it was 10 years ago. Those companies need to understand that they need to uh, continually evolve. All, all life forms on planet Earth evolve. <laughs> so they need to continually evolve. Yeah, big picture. Greg? Yeah, I think a major thing is that eventually your company's not going to be able to hire talent. Mm. You know who's going to want to work for a company that's doing legacy infrastructure, legacy on-prem stuff? I mean, yes, COBOL programmers today can still find work, but how many COBOL programmers are out there? Uh, John my, yes, no, my, uh, my cousin's a COBOL programmer. I took it in university too. I've never yeah. used it in real world. But yeah. The, the reality is they are there, but then there's a side. Uh, so yes, you'll be able to find people, but they, are they the right people that you want? Mm -hmm. And are they at the right price? Like a cobalt programmer is going to cost through the roof now yeah. because supply and demand, right? Right. Yeah. So if you're looking for the top talent, the people that are going to take your business to the next level and move you into the future, um, you, you need to be adopting the cloud because that is uh, the future and it is the future is now. Uh, it's not like we're talking decades mm -hmm. from now. This is now. This is what's possible today with today's technology. Mm -hmm. Who knows what the f is going to be possible with the cloud in the future? So if you're not already on the cloud, you're going to fall even further behind because the yep. pace of the cloud, the pace of the technology change that's happening in the cloud is light years beyond oh, the yeah. pace of on-prem technology. Because it's in the cloud, because it can actually take that enablement of fast changes that quickly. Yes, so, exactly. I'll tell you the, fir the first thing that came to my mind, that, you know, if we're looking like five years out, um, and, you know, let's cross our fingers that this doesn't happen, but I was thinking about disaster recovery. So, you know, some, I mean, you can, there's a few things that are inevitable. They usually say death and taxes. I like to think death, taxes, hurricanes, and earthquakes <laughs> uh, you know, tornadoes, these are things that are inevitable. They're going to happen. Uh, of course, there's, you know, a lot, a, a lot of talk about climate change in the news right now. Um, you know, they're predicting a lot of flooding that's going to be, uh, you know, plaguing uh, places that maybe didn't experience flooding. And we live in a seismic zone here we, in Vancouver, British we're Columbia. We're on a big fault here. We, there's two earthquakes yesterday. We, really? Yep. 
<laughs> I did not know that. Depends on when this podcast is played. Maybe yeah. well, yeah, the big one's already happened. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, some po- some poor some poor guys sitting in the rubble right now, just listening to this from. Um, our, <laughs> oh, we might want to edit. No, no, we're, we're not editing that out. It's not that bad. It's, that's not that risque. Um, yeah. So you know, I think if you know companies that are able to. If a disaster occurs in the area, they're able to get back up and running in, in minutes or hours, as opposed to a company that could be, uh, you know, um, dragged to a halt for Correct. days, weeks, and months, And that is a thought years. on every business owner's mind, is how do I keep this business running in the event of a disaster? Disaster doesn't have to be as, as, as uh, grandiose as you, as you said with the uh, earthquake. It could be... Uh, theft, someone could break into your business if you've got an on-premises server. Could be a flood from a tap, and I've seen that before. It could be um, a fire, accidental fire or otherwise. So can you imagine having a million-dollar business, $5 million business, and then the building burns down and all your systems were inside of your computers? Yeah, you're done. You're done. All right, Um, next question. So what are, to kind of flip it, what are the small things the not obvious things, the the things that maybe nobody isn't thinking about, you know, maybe maybe it's things that we're going to be reading about in mm-hmm. you know the paper and the all well, the paper <laughs> in the news um, in you know five years, ten years, whatever it is. Thinking, hey, you know those businesses that didn't move to the cloud. Here's all those weird little impacts that happened to their business that we nobody thought about that they're mm-hmm. now experiencing. Craig, well, I think one thing that comes to mind is not necessarily things that people aren't thinking about. They're, the conversations are being had around the cost of the cloud. Um, you know, a few years ago, people were saying the cloud is cheaper. Um, but now you're hearing people say, well, no, the cloud is way more expensive, but it depends on if you're factoring in the total cost of your infrastructure today. So I actually, I I didn't know this stat until just, just recently that when you buy, uh, compute and storage for on-prem, let's just call, throw a number out there, call it $10,000 you're going to be paying four times that amount every year that you own that equipment um, to just keep to it operate running. it, yep. to keep it running, securing it, patching it, maintaining it, you name it, whatever. And those are the hidden costs. So mm-hmm. like, it may not be a small thing. You're asking about small things, but it's a small thing because it's, it's often not considered. Mm. People look at it like, well, I've already got my IT team of 10 people, 50 people, 100 people, whatever. So that that's a sunk cost well you know you can redeploy those resources to other tasks that are going to add mm-hmm. more business value we've talked about that mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. or you you you're um you know it, you're kind of like an ostrich putting your head in the sand is it ostriches that put their head in the sand you know apparently that? that's a myth I, I i apparently they don't do that I, I don't know i read that somewhere recently that they actually don't do that it was like cartoons made that up and everyone mm-hmm. just ran with it but so there, there's, there's our random fact. Yeah. We, 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 we should have a fact-checking point at the end of the podcast yeah, that we actually take some of these random things that Look we say this up to see. see if I'm full of crap or not. Uh, Markisms. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's my thought on a small thing yep. that, that is either overlooked or maybe... May yeah, for sure. And uh, so, so companies, when they um, choose not to go to the cloud, there's all kinds of different little things that will come out of it. Again, we've already talked about the competitors uh, not going with them, or pardon me, your competitors beating you to, to your customers. Your customers um, also may not um, want to do business with you, so you could lose more customers within that process. Um, 
there's all kinds of things. So just just to take a step back, uh, computers evolve and computers have a, an evolution. And there's something called uh, Bell's Law. So if you look up Moore's Law, you can go to Wikipedia now and look up Bell's Law. And in Bell's Law, it states that every 10 years, there's a complete change in, in computing environments. And that is a naturally occurring process that happens because of transistors or something else that is within the environment that is causing it. So we went from uh, post-World War II to mainframes, then to uh, minis, mini computers, so smaller versions of mainframes, to client server, which is uh, very popular amongst my uh, age group. And then now we're, we're focusing more into cloud. And companies have to continually evolve to move along that way. Um, if you work for a company and you are charged with keeping their computer system running, and that could be at a director level or otherwise, you have to ensure that that, bit, that computer system is patched, and that is a form of keeping it updated, modernized or semi-modernized. You just don't want the thing to be orphaned. And so many times you hear about people who let software lapse, and then next thing you know, they try to do something with it that the business wants them to do, and they can't because they haven't been keeping up payments to keep the software in support. And in many cases, the cost now to catch up is way more than it would have been if you had over time kept way up more. with those updates. Agreed, mm -hmm. agreed. So, so um, the evolution of on-premises computer systems or the enablement of cloud systems is just a, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, you've got to actually figure out how you can get in there as quickly as possible or put it in your budgets and plans for the future for moving into there. I'm surprised that most boards don't give the CEO the directive to say, you got to make sure that we're in there now in the cloud because it, it answers a lot of the questions, Mark, that you were saying with um, uh, DR and BCP. And it also answers the questions of continual, continual evolution. So if you move your on-premises systems, apples for apples into Azure, that is a on-premises to an IaaS configuration, then you move it into PaaS, it gets even better because the, the ability to orphan that technology isn't gonna be there because Microsoft is continually moving that technology forward. So you kind of get into their loop of upgrades going forward. Okay, cool. Well, we got another question. Um, we got one more is question from a dial-in caller. Then we're going to do dial-in. Hello, caller. That's uh, you know, long-time fan, first-time caller. Um, all right. <laughs> so this next one, um, you know, John, you talked about uh, a few a few businesses that that went under. So you know, you can you can see the evolution, right? Like you know, video killed the radio star, streaming yes. killed the video oh store, God, yes. um, <laughs> so yes. on and so forth. I heard that. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> then, uh, you know, you have Uber is going to kill the taxi, kill the taxi industry, yeah. right? Um, but it's not just killing it. It's actually making it better for customers, isn't it? It's making it more competitive, so they have to change Correct. and evolve. Which is a naturally balanced... And if they balanced, don't evolve, it will kill them. Right, but it's a naturally balanced system opposed to everyone being restricted by... One company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a brand new, just to sidetrack a little bit, there's a brand new Vancouver-based company that's do, that's an Uber competitor that's um, trying to start up right now. They're going to have a big showing tomorrow on 4th Avenue for the big street festival. They got a whole section blocked off. Hmm. Uh, it's called Cater. With a K, yeah. yeah. I signed up for their preview. And oh, really? Yeah. There's nothing yet. There's no service. Like yeah. it keep, They keep getting emails. Anyway, we probably shouldn't yeah. bash them on this, but... <laughs> 
They, it's. I hope I that they I, succeed. I don't understand how they can get in, but Uber can't. They can't. That's why they're 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 ramping up. They're getting. They're trying to get ready. How so do you know they're, they're not oh. the taxi business? Because that's what the taxi business in Vancouver said they were. They gonna very do. well could. They be. said they were going to create their own service and app mm. like Uber to do it. Well, they have a, They have an app now, but it sucks. But yeah. the, that. But you know what the taxi industry is as an example is instead of moving forward so if you're surfing or if you're skiing going against the wave or going against the mountain is the toughest thing you can do you got to go with the flow and these guys are not going with the flow nope. and the vancouver taxi industry in particular these guys whatever it costs to get the medallion they call it new york to to be able to own a cab mm -hmm. say it's a million bucks it's just going to get devalued and they're trying to protect the value of that at our expense yeah. you go to a different city and you call an uber it's like awesome yeah because here, there's a problem getting cabs. Yes, absolutely. Right? And here, also, not only is there a problem getting cabs, the service within the cab and the overall flow of the process is horrible. Not that great, yeah. Compared to other cities where you can take an Uber. Mm -hmm. So we're being restricted because of a industry that says, no, you're not allowed to come in here. Yeah. It's entirely political. And they've got the ear of the politicians. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And it's horrible that, they, that the politicians actually cater to that yeah. instead of yeah. catering to who they should in this democratic state. Money, 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 money. This right? is where our lawyer is going to insert yeah. a comment saying the opinions <laughs> expressed. <laughs> <of Bruce laughs> <Silver Chef laughs> does not want the taxi. No, it, we don't want the taxi, the taxi cabal coming after us. <laughs> yeah, the only person you're going <laughs> to talk to is the taxi a bunch of A bunch of yellow cars are going to scream up to the building <laughs> and they're all going to run inside. Okay, so let's actually talk <laughs> okay, about okay, that. So, okay, so, so, the, so the next... The taxi cabs. <laughs> if you own a cab, my next door neighbor owns one. Okay, if you own a cab, you get three people to run a shift on it, and it's th the guys driving your cabs aren't actually making any money. Yeah. So don't feel sorry for them. Also, but the guy well, who drives the Uber is. No, the Uber people are not making. They're not making good money. It's, they say that. Yeah, they say that. I mean, they could be wrong. I, okay, okay. So I know Uber as a company. So is the not. so the qu the question the question um, relates to what we've been talking about, and that is uh, put you on the spot. What is an industry or a vertical, or if you want to go real bold, even a specific company? What is something that's gonna that we think? that you guys think are going to be late or never adopters of cloud and are going to suffer big time for it. Government is, good, yeah. is late okay. already. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. government in general. U.S. government, I think, is a bit further ahead. Uh -huh. Provincial government in B.C., Canadian government, I can't comment on. Um, they, they have held back. And in Canada, there's valid reasons, potentially, but because <laughs> of data residency concerns... Um, and, and Microsoft has addressed that with two regions in Canada, so we can talk about that till we're blue in the face. But the the government is traditionally slow to move. They want to adopt the cloud, um, but they're waiting for somebody to be first. They're waiting for the office of the CIO or whoever to come down and say, okay, yes, we bless this technology. You can go ahead and do it. Um, the problem is, and I think, this is why they're going to be even later to the game than um, a lot of people, a lot of companies, is because there's a lot of long-term employees in the government that have um, made a career out of managing infrastructure. And right. what is their job going to be in the future? And maybe they're late in their career. Maybe they're five years, ten years from retirement. They don't want to have to learn new ways of doing things. Right. So they're going to be the resistors. Also... We've got in BC, anyway, there's like a shared services organization that is mandated to provide IT services 
and and I will say they're not a current customer of ours. So, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but th- this is a, a valid reason why they they may be held back from adopting cloud technologies. Because but there's no reason that shared services BC or shared services of any ser- sort can't adopt cloud as a service that they're they're offering, and they put a managed umbrella around it, mm-hmm. and they they put their security stamp on it. They put their... Uh, you well, they never evolved, Craig. They never evolved, and they should have because exactly. the cloud was available to them, and it is available to them in Canada. And they would probably argue that they are cloud because it's private cloud. They've got their own data centers. They're not... Anyway, yeah. but that there's many arguments to that, but that that's my view of... I don't know. Who do you think would be is going to be late or what industry... Any brick and mortar competing against Amazon has a problem for sure because... Instead of me um, order or going to a, um, a brick and mortar store, what's simpler? Getting in your car, driving even five minutes from your house to go to a brick and mortar, and actually talking to a human, or ordering it on Amazon and having it appear as early as the next day. What are the, the same day? Same day. What that, same that's day. that's freaky, isn't it? That's it crazy is. to me. What if, what if well, that they're testing drone services in Canada? Wow. Uh, well, in Canada, drone delivery in, in Canada it would probably be okay in America people would just shoot it down <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> just to see what's in the box there's actually there's a, yeah, it's, think about it it's target practice surprises. but it's the natural evolution <laughs> just talk about drones for a second it, drones delivering stuff yeah there's implications of privacy etc it is the natural evolution of the delivery It'll here's come. the deal It'll do come. you want to be a truck driver and drive, drop off packages or can we have a machine that does it? It's better if a machine does it and humans go about living instead of doing that job. But no one a, wants to do that There's a large contingent of the population that would argue well, what, what jobs are going to be left for either the uneducated or... And I mean, I'm not downplaying it. Like I was a truck driver <laughs> for it during university. You were a truck driver? For four years. That's hilarious. Yeah, I drove long-haul trucks. That's one thing nobody knows about me. <laughs> Um, I, all the love my, for all the love for truck drivers. If you buy but, stuff, it came. Oh yeah! Right? The one thing about truck driving is you can make a decent, a very good living. Actually, that's why I did. I was able to work in the summertime for four months, and it paid my way through university and all my living expenses for the rest of the, the year. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good living, and you don't have to be high school. You, all, you didn't even have to graduate high school. So. That's going to be what, what the big po- portion of the population is going to say is like, well, what jobs? Yeah, but are those left people for? can then continue their education and work on other things like how to fix the climate. Uh, so then we're we're going to do we're going to do some unsolved. But the point uh, is, is that, that, that use of drones <laughs> is is in there. I haven't even got into the military application of drones. Well, yeah, I mean that. That's well, once we in life saving. You and me can. We, I'm sure that you and I could. We could uh, go on about that for <laughs> for days. Probably get real, real into it. But the point um, is, is that even if the military, I'm not going to talk about what they're using it for. But if they've recognized a use for it and are heavily using it, then there's a reason to do it. And guess what? It makes them more competitive. And it saves lives. And it saves lives. Saves yeah. lives. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I mean, let me ask you this. So just a really quick follow-up. I, I know you want to. John's saying we got to wrap it up. I know, I know. <laughs> but but just just first just for a second. What? So you you mentioned brick and mortar store going up against Amazon. Um, How know, can you compete? Almighty Amazon. But what? So I own a brick and mortar store. Yeah, you owned it for thirty and years. I sell, and I sell uh, custom dog leashes. So so I decide. I I don't want to go down. I'm I'm gonna put up a fight. So what do I do? Do I do I create my own? Do I sell on Amazon or do I create my own? No, 
So I create my own online store. You create your own online store. And then yeah. I put my, and then I invest in the marketing and, and, and you create all your computer systems in Amazon. And if you've got a, ch or pardon me, in Azure. I was going to say, what? If you, um, <laughs> if you've got a chain of these stores, all the computer systems, all the mechanic systems are, are in Azure to remain as competitive and as lean as possible against them because Amazon is a giant and they are going to, once they catch on to what you're doing, they'll, they'll sneak into your uh, business segment. So you've got to be as competitive as possible. And it's not just you uh, competing against Amazon. It's trying to um, also competing against other people. So I think we're, we're talking about not the mom and pop. Like they, they can't afford to invest in these sort of cloud technologies. Is that what you're saying? Or no, I'm saying that they should also invest in them yeah. as well because mom and pop shops have uh, accounting systems as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They have point of sale systems as well. Yeah. They have maybe even more information than that that has to be in Azure, websites, etc. And if you're directly competing against Amazon, you got to go like for like. Yeah. And the, the flip side of this is that a small competitor can compete against them, not on scale, but I can have a website. Amazon's got a website. We both have websites. Yeah, that's a good, excellent point. Cause it, and that's what the cloud enables is for you to have that at a fraction of the cost of what it would take to... Set up a, far, a server farm, yeah. set up all this in your Yeah, in your And if you're basement. successful and you're wildly yeah. accessible, there's not a uh, continuous reinvestment into re-architecting everything. There's a natural scaling process that happens that is part and it's baked into the cloud. Just add more servers by pressing a button on a web page and you mm. get more performance. So my answer to, to the type of in, uh, company I think is going to go by the wayside or going to have challenges is um, like niche manufacturers of, and I, it could be of anything. So for example, a company that, um, that may, builds very specific light bulbs. Um, you know, so they're building light bulbs for very specific um, applications uh, for, for you know, certain types of hard, pieces of hardware for whatever purpose. Um, and they've just been, they've been doing this for a long time and uh, you know, they, they don't have any kind of data really being collected on what they're doing. You know, they're a, a company that adopts the cloud could disrupt that in a way. And I literally just pulled that light bulb example out of my, out of my butt. I, so I, I like I looked up, saw some light bulbs and I that was that's how I got mm -hmm. that idea. It could be anything, but you know, a niche manufacturer of, of some sort of small piece of hardware. Um, and they've been doing it for a long time and other companies are going to come in and they're going to use all the, you know, the benefits of the cloud, you know, they might, there might be opportunities for you know, AI machine learning to allow you to th custom 3D print things that you, ne you needed to in the past, um, you know, manually weld or, or, or cast. Um, and, you know, you might be able to have a system that you, that utilizes the data that you collect over the course of a couple of years that says, Hey, here's a cheaper way that we can do this and make the product yep. better. Um, so I think that we're going to, I think that there's a, there's a large segment of companies that are building components of things that are building yes. small niche manufacturing, small niche products that are all going to, going to get disrupted by companies that are going to come in with the ability to do things like 3d printing, um, and really, really mm -hmm. fast and quick manufacturing and assembly using the data mm -hmm. um, that the process of building these products uh, generates um, in order to 
to accommodate that. So that's something. Yeah, I think and we're and see. you touched on a huge point, and that's the um, AI or machine learning aspect of it. And that th that's not um, just available to the big uh, boys or the big companies. It's available to the little guys too, and the little guys actually have to learn to adopt it. And what you have to do to get to it is your data actually has to get into the cloud because those machine mm -hmm. learning techniques Absolutely. and modeling and and training of models actually just has to have very fast access into your system or into your data. From there, it's all Microsoft CPU and everything else that's running. You're not managing that, you're asking it questions. When you get an expert, you, you bring the data, you bring a expert of uh, machine learning like Blue Silver Shift into that uh, area, you're gonna actually get results that you never saw before. Yep. And you and it was impossible to see because your system is closed off. It's an on-premises system or otherwise. So that is actually another evolving state that they're going to go into. You know, I think we're going to miss out on entirely. On this. I, think yeah. we could, I think we should actually. I think we should do a podcast on, on, on machine, machine learning, learning AI, yeah. what that means, where it's going. You know, I'll say this. We have one company that actually just, I was going to say Prospect, but they just decided to partner with us. Um, that it, they, they, you can't have a two-minute conversation with this guy without him talking about AI and machine learning, which is great. Right. It's awesome. And and something that I've been, like, just to toot Microsoft's horn a little bit here, something that I've been very pleasantly surprised on is it, Microsoft is putting machine learning, like, as their vanguard for a lot of their, yep. a lot of their entry-level products. Like SharePoint in the last year has come out with some really incredible stuff. I mean, John, you and I saw some of it where it's, it's pulling text out of images mm -hmm. um, and yeah. what you'll be able to and do with that. The ramifications of that are, are massive. That small yeah. little thing. Absolutely. Um, and if and you've got a business that takes photos of things like an insurance adjusting business or otherwise. Good. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's just a perfect play into it. So, it's, yeah, I think it's you're not right. quite commoditizing, but uh, I think the um, public cloud is making it more accessible. Those sort of technologies that were open previously only to companies with deep pockets, extremely uh, big budgets and can work. Right, were the key is though, it's a two-step process. Mm -hmm. Take what you have, move it to the cloud, then you get not just the exactly. benefit of the cloud, you get the enhanced benefit of machine learning. Yes. Yeah. And I agree, we gotta do a machine learning um, podcast. Yes. I know there's a lot of things that I wanna understand more about in that subject. So I'm looking at, looking at you, John and Craig. But I know that this guy will go on about <laughs> it. Well, <laughs> if you combine that with drones. Two, we're going to schedule two hours for that podcast. Okay, perfect. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap this guy up. Um, thank you both for your time. I think this is a pretty good one. We tried to keep it at 20 minutes. I think we're most we're closer to 40. No, um, 30, I think. 30. Yeah, okay, goodness. so it's not that bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, thanks, everyone, uh, for, for checking this out. You know, we love to get together on a Friday and just – talk a little bit about the cloud, talk about Azure, um, pick a topic that we think is fun and cool. And uh, we look forward to keeping on doing this, to keep on doing this. And uh, having a mix of, you know, I think we'll probably do some topics that are going to be a bit, a bit more technical and advanced for that, for that kind of the future. And then some that are maybe a bit more, um, you know, kind of, I don't know, pie in the sky or, you know, sci-fi, like something that's, you know, <laughs> some, like some, some fun stuff that maybe is not as, uh, not as technical. So we're going to try to mix it up. But okay. uh, again, thank you all for your time. Have yourselves a great weekend. If you're listening to this on a Friday as we are recording it, uh, otherwise cheers and see y'all next week. I don't feel as prepared for this one as I have for the previous ones, to be honest. So we'll see how this one goes. Okay, let's yeah. start it up. Let's get it going. <clears throat>
<clears throat> then the um, scotch. Don't forget that. That yeah. always seems to be forgotten. Craig always has to remind. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say we should buy a 10-liter box of hay all. Well, you're the moderator, but you actually have a th- something to say about it. Do I? Don't you? I have this. Uh, so nice. quick, quick That's funny story while John's coming back. So uh, I go camping with a bunch of my buddies, and there's this one guy that I don't really know. The rest of them I've known for a very long time, but they all live in Toronto now. Uh, and they brought this other buddy of theirs for the visit. And this guy has never been camping before, like never even been like Ontario, like car camping. Like we like drove like like 30 minutes up a logging road, and he thought we were in the middle of nowhere. Like oh. like the, the fact that there was no cell reception to him just blew his mind. Anyway, so we're, he's going on about how good of a swimmer he is and how he thinks he could swim to the island. And I'm like, dude, you cannot swim to that island. He's like, I could make it. I could make it. I'm like, I'm like, no, yeah, I'm like, no, you, I'm like, you cannot make it to that <laughs> island. I guarantee you. He's like, no, I could do it. I could do it. So like, I don't know, 30 minutes later, he gets in my boat. I have like a Zodiac. Um, so we're out maybe 20 yards offshore. So like it's the water's maybe seven feet deep, eight feet deep tops. And, uh, and he's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to ju- like, just jump in and tread around. So he just jumps in, jumps in off the boat and I jump off the boat and he starts kind of freaking out. And I oh thought he was God. just joking. So I just did. So I just left him alone. <laughs> so that, so, but he's all of a sudden he starts like going under. So I'm like, oh, like, oh crap. So I go check on him. And as soon as I got near him, he just grabbed me. So Holy I just, so I just kicked off of the guy and grabbed the boat, put the boat between us. And I had to like, he like, I like grab a hold of him and like, like, like look him in the eyes. Like, you're okay. I got you. I got you. And then I'm like, oh, I spun him around and he's still like, he's like, pull me in, pull me in. I'm like, just lower your, your lower your legs. Lower his legs. He could touch the ground. <laughs> oh I, I need you to talk a bit, John. John, I need you to talk a bit. Hello, this is John Dobson. I'm in from uh, the coast just for one day. 